Okay, welcome to SLE Podcast. This is Richie Augusto, and this is my new co-host, Brian Kiemeyer. How's it going? Yeah, doing good. So let's start with AW Dark Elevation. Let's talk about episode 76 of AW Dark. So the announced team of Magic Matt Menard called the Matches for the episode. Tonight's show shows a real fowler, so let's get right to it. Ash Woods versus Eric Cannon and Travis. Mm-hmm. With Free Magic Woods. Seven. Mm-hmm. This was the matchup. matchup. What do you think of the matchup between Josh Woods versus Eric Cannon and Travis Titan? I tried getting time to watch Dark Elevation and Dark, but like by the time I did, I had no time. <laughs> I had other things to do. Work just kind of going back to work this week just kind of took time out of my day, and I wasn't able to catch those. But I will try next for next week to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll I'll review it. I'll review dark and elevation. I'm I'm so sorry, man. Basically, they like a knee in knee to the face. Woods for knees trying to come to the that one. Knees picked up. Skin hot tag. Kicked up jaw. Corkscrew neck. For Woods. And the two Woods here can. Scholar said, don't know what to call that. Mr. Manard didn't know what to call it either. So, yeah. Hello? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's continue on. We got the Dark Order versus Alex Grace, Giant Jackson, Drew System, and Tug Cooper. Mm-hmm. Dark Order brought a record. One in ten, four and four action. All them opponents were waiting in the ring to make it a tag eight man tag team debut. I didn't guess this match was appeased the crowd after they had to watch a local favorite Eric Cannon get demolished. As Mr. Menard himself noted, Dark Order got a wrong reaction. I was area. AW goes where the cloud. He also noted it was like the pause with the hand sign they do. Vance put a spy on the pie. This this hilarious jabroni looked like a house member of the Rocking Long Express put put their pendulum team finisher for Johnny Huggy made the pin. This was Dark Horse's big victory. So how 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 is it going with Dark Order? Is it a is a is it going good or do they need to break up? I think you know in general, I think Dark Order could stick together. I think it's just one of those original AEW ideas that I think with as long as Hangman kind of is affiliated with that group i think it just helps guys like a john silver and alex reynolds to be elevated a little bit mm. but i i'm not totally hooked on evil luna mm. yeah. hello Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good. Did that catch any of that? Yeah, 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 I got some of that. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Dark yeah. order. 
All right, let's go. Serena D versus Serena. The professor brought Rucker at 10 and 1 to the ring. Serena was waiting for her to recognize her at 10. Goodness for Serena, they trust her in the ring with contract talent. Badness for Serena, to see being paid for at every life she time she booked. Given she was in the in the ring with a submission specialist, she wouldn't even get even get what to do there. She tried to change strikes to D, but put the brakes kick her in the head face, but D responds with the head and hanger and neck maker to the roof. D put an elbow to the back of the head, stacked Serena in the face. Serena escaped a thrust a kick, but D made her dizzy by coming up back set multiple times before hitting dark TikToks and applying the Serena lock. Serena topped out on a face down. Yeah, that was Serena D1. So, what kind of feud do you see for Serena Deep? For Serena Deep, I just picture her, you know, especially if uh, Athena, which we'll talk about later, uh, you know, if Athena's the one that dethrones Jay Cargill, I think uh, Athena against Serena Deep would be a great program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good program, yeah. Now I got Konosuke Takahashi versus Cesar Bonet. Bonet gets his own interest for this match for a net record of 2 and 7 for the for 2022. No one cares. The, the, the guitar looks for Takashishi hit and the crowd erupted. He brought a record of 7 5 to the ring. Men are people are calling this summer Moxley, right? There's an argument to be made that it's the summer of Takashi. He can use a better. When one lost record in AEW, really one that statement to be true. Mostly at least, I'm not inclined to argue with Mr. Menard. Takashi threw some bell balls. Bonet missed two clothes on. Takashi laying connected. Takashi smacked him in the face before. Bonet had a back break on the Tiger Drive, but Takashi kicked out. Bonet had a kick to the face and dropping knees and another running knee strike for the sudden victory. So, do you miss, will you miss Konosuke Takashi in the United States? Oh, yeah. Like, he's one of those guys that you just see the talent oozing out of him, and you're just like, he's going to be special. He's going to be a major player in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he will be a major player. And and what do you see Savar Bonin going forward? Do you see him sign a full-time contract at AEW, or does he try to go back to WWE? I think he'll try to sign a full-time deal with AEW, but right now, I from the little bit I've seen of him, I don't think there's anything. In just my opinion, I don't think there's anything special in him that you don't see in a few other people. All right. We got Julia Hart versus Free Range Kara. The House of Black owned Julia Hart brought down the lights, brought out the smoke machines. Brought a record of 10 3 to the ring. Free range Kara's making AW debut in this contest. Kara's very wary of Scary Heart. Hit a kick to the face the moment she got close. Shot roll the ring cover and cart cobbling. Methodically stalked her until suddenly the sprinter forward with Rich's clothesline. She threw Kara back in, posted in the turnbuckle, then another strikes to repertoire to break at four. Kara returned in favor, got the same warning, then Hart took her down with a cloak choke slam. Got warned to let go of Kara's throat. Hart locked down her submission and Kara twitched in agony. Matter back to the farm. Julia Hart wins. What do you see about Julia Hart character? That's going to be big for her going forward. Just being associated with guys like Malachi, uh, Brody King, and 
Buddy Matthews. I think that just helps her to know the in-ring ethic. Uh, she's still pretty young, so she's still got a lot of time to bloom and really impress the, the people in AEW. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So what do you think of Fruinch Kara? Should she get a go Ring of Honor contract or she could keep trying? Uh, I would say just keep trying. Like, you, you know, it's just early on. Like, you know, they got a bit, they got to build a roster for uh, Ring of Honor. So I would say, you know, supply Ring of Honor with, you know, good talent for the women's division. I think you've got it made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we got Private Party versus Jossie and JDX. Private Party brought a record of 30 and 21 to the match in Indianapolis. Jossie and JDX were working together as a tag team for the first time in AEW. Small JDX champ broke out, but it's about got in the way. They didn't have long to say anything for neither. J- Jossie or JDX got in the single moment offense. So 100% one side of it ended with gin and juice for the victory. Do you see. Private Party finally beat Keith Lee and Sora Stricken for the AEW Tag Team Champions at Rampage? I do not. I think I love Private Party. Private Party is one of my like favorite tag teams. I think at some point they got to get back to a babyface turn and, you know, start a run maybe, you know, further down the line being tag team champions. But I think Swerve and Our Glory is just too good and too popular right now to have them lose right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And and what do you see Swerve our glory, glory continuing going forward? I think you get them a good match with uh, Private Party on Friday, and then I think, you know, soon enough, I think you put them in a feud with uh, FTR. I think that's a good, you know, story-built uh, title match going down the line. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much a good story. It, it will be a good story for wherever not glory. Anyway, we got Pen- the Bertani Penelope Ford versus Head of Reckless. The Bertani Ford brought a record of 34-19. Reckless is waiting for her. 0-1. Manhart, wait a minute. Reckless, that's her father's name. Reckless, I don't know about that. Here I do know Mr. Manor. Every match for debut commentary has been short. Feature I started being up a worker. The result was never done where you really scored the night. Kid Sabian was at ringside wearing a box at his head first one. Ford hit a gut buster bridging an Indian deathlock for the victory. So, what do you think about the penalty Ford return? I, I like it. It's, it's a well-needed face, with especially with uh, the Chris Statlander injury. Like, if she gets built up enough, I think she's a good opponent for Thunder Rosa or Tony Storm when, uh, or after All Out, like as a, you know, uh short feud on Dynamite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we got the Acclaim versus JT Energy and Justin Fowler. The Acclaim went through 7 and 37 and 9. Castle, yo, listen, listen, yo, the Acclaim League is staying like Hawaiian Punk, running up like the United of the FBI didn't Trump. This little just has no saving. I'm about to kick his ass to the curb like Pete Davidson. The Thunder can't handle looking like a broke-ass Chris Dang, Christopher Dang. You're getting a rundown, man. The Acclaim is the house. Round crown champions. So, Fowler Energy were making debut as a team here. The rap was blowing in the mouth. Cassie hit a mic drop energy. They broke him, broke, broke out Christopher Daniels for the pin. 
So what do you think of party 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 party? I mean, I mean the acclaimed. Uh, the acclaimed. I I think the acclaimed are on the rise. Like the acclaimed are right there on the threshold of breaking through as like one of the best tag teams they have. They're close. They I think uh, when we talk about dynamite, them getting uh, Billy back as like their manager, I think that's going to help them out so much. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. You got Karushita, Thunder Rosa, Tony Star versus Nyla Rose, Anisaka, Maria Sheffer. Rise fifty one fourteen. Sheffer is ten and four, and Sakura eighteen and eight. All accompanied by Big Zarara and Bakun Aki. We got we got Sita came out first for the faces followed by Stone Rosa. They went built eventually, but established as making their debut a trio. She hit Sakura with a backbreaker and Sakura hit turn the flavor favor. Sakura tied her up in the ropes uh, while having a star table for Italian Rose. Rose made a set on and made her hurt up. She hit Italian Storm, she hit a diving crossbar, netbreaker. Sakura and Fear got thrown on the own out, but gave Rose some tiny hits of super kick. Shafir tagged in. Storm went for instant cradle, followed with shotgun jock. Hip attack was next. Storm hit a BT for the pin with nobody for the heel to break it up, which is a rather usual six-person match. As a fact, I know it wasn't the entire thing. It was a very short bout, so in keeping with the entire, the entire episode. So, what do you think about the development of Maria Schiffer? She's getting better. I, I wish that, like, she would be as good as, like, Ronda Rousey or uh, Shayna Baszler is her friends in WWE. But I'm like, I do see the progress. I think it's helpful for for her to be in a ring with Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose and uh, Sheeta. But like, I just see, you know, her progressing not as quickly as her other four horsewomen did. Yeah. So basically, the whole show elevation was good. You enjoy squashes. Start paying the records. But anyone else that forgot this week, I understand. So let's let's not go to AW Dark review. Uh, here it calls AW Dark. AW Dark uh, episode 157. We got Scalper Taz calling the action. We have a tonight a former Orange Pure champion based on Pure Evil. Let's get to it. Mm-hmm. We got Ari Javari versus Fuga Dasson. Hugo came out first, opened a match for a record of 5-5. Five, five. He came out, fortunately for Devar, did not like that he went by Bordex and Sanjay. Spread 20,000-2-1 record. Taz put over Devar's massive wealth. He says probably bumped in New York while taking it to a hedge fund manager. Scott Taz, why had your money to burn money? Taz, I should stole money for one of your, one of your broadcast calculators. Colleagues, you wear a cap hat, you know what he is. I bet I do. The Orlando crowd front behind Fugo against Davari. Fugo with the rigor, the head says take over. Davari rolled through, flowed over, front headlocks, and put a head arm ring on back off. Davari sent Fugo over the apron, but New York in for another head says another like super for a near fall. Divide took over again with Fugo and Totempo, Hard, Sunjay, Lads, and Burdex for mesh sleep. Some say the only motion he has ever shows. Dark favorite choice strikes. 
Tim Jay grabbed the boot outside. Dwight hit it back on for a near fall. The Vars choked field goal for using ropes. So Aubrey Edwards pulled out. So Slim Jay took over for him. Uh, her back was turned. Fugo ducked a clothesline, got caught in a sleeper. Devari screamed, gave up Fugo. Edwards grabbed his arm, turning his conscious. He pulled up for the third draw. Fugo got to his elbow. Netbreaker. Mm-hmm. Netbreaker. What's up? Fugo hit a moose on the floor. Slim Jay, Bordeaux took a set to surround him. Posted on the outside. He threw Fugo back on the lariat. Carol kissed my ass. The crowd hit Frog Smash for the win. We got Siobhan interviewed Devari afterward. He says, if you're willing to help one second while I tell all these people support garbage to shut their mouths. He tells everybody roughly where my money, my investments could keep going up and up why I could purchase the best guys at my back. You have to trust buses. Everyone step us. You will trust bust your ass. So what do you think of this trust buster thing? I got to give it a little bit more time. Uh, right now they have a uh, the powerhouse and that Parker Boudreaux. But I think it's just a work in progress. I think the more people they add, kind of like they are doing with uh, Stokely Hathaway, is you know going to help them out so much. But you also got to make sure that you're not just adding people just to add them to get them TV time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We got Robin Robin Renegade versus Little Nightingale. The match starts with. We got Larry Nagel started reeling with open head shot through a hip attack. Larry, that he crossed over very measured, shot through a kick to the face, but it wasn't working. Robin took over, chopped the chest. She got cocky with the hand, third one missed. Nagel gave her a little seat right back. Reggae hit a backstabber, went for nerd naked choke, but Nagel back into a corner, turned double check her out. She thought Tad not stop for his 1950s reference, and she was rocking Robin. Shot to the Twin metric switch and hit a fresh woman buster super for two. Now Gail hit a spine bust and pulled the straps down for the doctor bomb. So night Willow Nightingale wins. So what do you think of Willie Willow Nightingale so far? Uh she's been good. The things I've seen from her, I'm like again, she's young and I'm like the more she learns, I think she'll be a great addition to the women's division in AEW. I just think that uh you know, you still got to give people enough time to, you know, cut, and this is why Dark is such a good show, is that it helps people like a Willow Nightingale get experience as much as it is, you know, playing off the crowd and honing in her craft. Mm-hmm. All right, and then you got Brock Anderson versus Pentacle. Pentacle, thankful not to come by Luther. His record was 1387 and. Copyright spider aren't by singles record at 1411. For whatever reason, Seco was wearing Road Warriors uh, spikes. Maybe he could have kept them on during the match, they would have helped. Normally, I could spend this belief situation like this, but watching the kid looks like the younger version of Force itself for absolute dark stretch beyond believable real. Internal real. So I can't, can't wait for Brad his spine buster. He finished them off. Spectacle went to the top of Miss as usual. Brock hit a DET in a clothesline response. Side slam, spine bust, suspected, one, two, three. Swallower, Scalibur says he's victory and not to stress his credit So, basically, Brock Anderson wins. So, what do you think of Brock Anderson so far? It's just like his dad. He's got, like, that, you know, big guy, like, very hard-hitting mentality. I think you put him with a good 
you know, partner, I think he and a partner, I can't give you a name right now who I put him off with, but like, I could see him being great as a tag team at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we got a bandit versus Mephisa. A bandit by record at 34, three. Mephisa is her four. So, yeah, okay. So, Mephisa continue to look like a true. Yeah, yeah, brand invitation of Dion Plaza. I don't know. All right, the match is all right. A bandit hit a cutter, a kick to the gut, a kick to the jaw. Sets on the spine, but Fista fought back with some punches to the guy. Bandit immediately came back with a back foot. But Lila for the win. This was 88.88% squash, 2% Mephista. So, what's going, what going good for Bandit going forward? Um, who, was, who was this again? I, your audio kind of got out there. It was a Bandit versus a Fista. Like she won a squash match. A Gotcha. Um, I really have no opinion on them right now. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, Band is like a ring. Could be a Ring of Honor star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if Tony can get that Ring of Honor deal immediately faster, but but anyway, and Jericho versus Balan Aki. Jericho came out at six and three. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the match. Akita is best match, technical styles up Angelico, but got won by Balcobo, scares of strikes. Aki kicked his way at wristlock, hit a drop kick for a drop to do, throw a series of kicks. Jericho went right back to his grapple throw, tie Aki up in knots while sitting on his back for the submission. And speaking of Amy Sakura, so anyway, what do you think, like, what do you think of Angelico and Angelico in the future? Um, I think. Angelico is going to be good Ring of Honor star. Yeah, yeah he, he will be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got Emmy Sakura versus Renee Michelle. Sakura brought a record 18 to 8 ring. Michelle's waiting for his uh, one. Sakura's going to move, be a nice opponent. Well, the melee track on the enemy villain. Michelle made a comeback with a missile drop kit. The crowd got behind for a moment. But Sakura Miller slashed her face to the canvas. They switched allegiance for We Will Rocky Chops to crossbody. Double underhook backbreaker slash on a knee to the face for a two count. Queen's Gavin finished her off. She's in, she minded T spot T afterwards. So, you think Emmy Sakura is going to win the AEW Women's World title? Um, I don't. I think he would be better to win the TBS title if she got a chance. But I think right now there are so many other women that would get it before her that I think she's a great enhancement talent to where she makes every other woman look good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a talent. All right. We got Josh Woods versus Cobra, the technical beast. Woods for a record four and three. So Cobra's waiting to make his AEW debut. So Cobra started off a handshake. Woods immediately took advantage, took over the work, the left arm. Cobra went out, went out, got out of the knee, clubbed into the back, throwing him in the corner for one knee to the body. Referee warms him back up. Woods stuck the close up, picked up the ankle on the leaf lock, hit a German super authority, clinched up a submission for the sudden tap. Cobra looked pretty good for a minute, so he let him take control of the match. But it's no surprise that Woods won here without telling he's smart externally. Bring Cobra back lane. Petico. So, how do you feel of Cobra in the future? 
I think he's uh, going to be a good player in the uh, Ring of Honor. You got like like I was saying earlier, you just got to try to build that brand up. You know, even if you get some young guys, you you'll have some well-known guys like uh, Claudio and uh, uh, Daniel Garcia, but then you'll also have guys like a uh, Cobra that could fit really well as like a mid or a mid card at the moment kind of guy. Yeah, Cobra. We got Rohit Raju versus Vegas Cash. Raju by the record two and two. Let's get to the matchup. So Raju hit a jumping knee, went to the top row, did a diving double foot stop for the pin. At least one and a half record of five hundred. Taz called the production truck for the replay of Tony Show I hit the ring for an interview with Raju. He said Raju said, Tony, you've been doing this a long time. You're telling me what does future holds, right? As his mother calls him the sun. He shines like one. You Nimrods go outside, pay attention to Star Sky. That's me. Science and saying, well, you'll pay attention to the wrestling's bright star, Rahit Raju. So, would Rahit Raju be able to fit in, in Ring of Honor or AEW that? I think, uh, pro- from looking at him, I'd say he's more of a Ring of Honor right now, but like, the more that we see of him, he could transition into AEW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a transition. We got Charlie Panagay versus Sky Blue. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the matchup. So, Blue has sloppy, ran out, and better kick, thrust kick for the near fall. Kept waiting for the kick to match the contest. Blue hit a bad look across the for the near fall. Legay set out with another hurt for the near fall. Blue was enormous and fast and made into cool, total lack of chemistry. Sure enough, as a blue hit a twisted net breaker, Renegade rolled out twice, which place, but Ray Gray referee caught it and threw Rabinow. Blue hit a thrust kick and smashed Renegade's face first in the mouth of the pin. Scalibur said, Charlotte's beaten for the second time here. So, you think uh, Sky Blue's little rock is like, is getting, is getting like, is it been, is getting this bad or it's just lack of chemistry? Hello? Can I be here? Can you hear me now? Yeah. All right. Uh, with Sky Blue, I think, uh, you know, I think it's just lack of chemistry. I think, you know, she's got to be in there with the right opponent. It's still a learning process. She's still young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got Bear Country versus Axel Rico and Victor and Inistra. Bronson, Bronson and Boulder by a tag team record. Mm-hmm. So Bronson sat on in third when he tried to slam flip to the outside tag team Boulder. Boulder had a double clothesline and stopped out everybody in the middle of the ring. Did he get a haircut? Looks different tonight. I don't know. Bronson tag team got thrown by his partner into a pile in corner. He dragged both carcasses in the middle of the ring, double pin. Do you want to see his looks? Well, you're good luck. So what do you think of Bolt? How, how impressed are you with Bear Bolt, with Bear Country? Bear Country, I think, are going to be same thing with like the Viking Raiders. I think they'll be, they'll have their moment at some point, but it's just you got to make sure that they can squash people and like build them up as like big, powerful guys, and then they can go after the tag titles. Okay. Yeah. We got Kayla Ross versus Avery Brooks. I feel it's the first time I see Ross since. Since George LFAW, she was covered at Diamond Sheet to make her AW debut. We have seen it plenty before, so okay. 
Rossi caught in a crossbody, did some curls while throwing into the firewoman's carry, dropped it, caping up, then doing a standing moonsault, and stopping for the referee saw count of three. Brooks hit a secure response where I struck it right sheet. Rossi hit a Larry and a nasty brain bust for the three. So Rossi's redebut was a success. So why now you think of Killer Rossi? Uh, I think she'll be a good person to build up to getting a TBS title shot. Yeah. And apparently we got a return of Cesar Bonin on Down Dark versus Marcus Cross. Bonin had a record of 2-8. Anyway. Anyway. So, mm-hmm. So, so Bonin, so everybody really like, like Cross was on the offense. They were ringing Hangman Chance. Probably not there anyway, but but I plan to cross like a tree for the victory. So I have nothing to say about this match. It was fair a squash match with Cesar Barnett. Do you agree? Yeah. Sure do. All right, now we got Blake Christian versus Powerhouse Hobbs. We got Mr. All Heartbreak Christian come out first. All right. So, all right. Mm hmm. So he rolled like he rolled back like Hobbs was beating on the outside. He rolled back in the ring to make Audrey Edwards break the count. Came out, dragged Christian like a dead body, threw him back in the ring. That seemed like wake up Christian up and hit a four fifth to the back look for a pin. Hobbs kicked out one, spying on the pine, one, two, three, over. Then it went for number two contender in the men's division. So this is basically Powerhouse Hobbs, a squash match to go. To build up for Starks versus Hobbs at all out. So, what do you think of the of the addition of the match between Hobbs and Starks at all out? Ooh, I, I'm excited for it. Like that's just one of the matches where the story is there. You you know when we get into Dynamite, it's kind of like you're gonna see how good they can work well together. Yeah, they pretty much can how they how well work, work their well together. Yeah, that pretty much uh, they face each other all out. So I cannot wait what they'll see happen. So this week's elevation, I mean AW Dark was okay, was fine. It was it was okay. We saw right. Rossi's re-debut, Bear Country things, and it was pretty good in the end. So let's now we go to the dynamite. Mm-hmm. The recap, the House of Dragon recap. So we got CM Punk coming out of the promo, coming out here to Ratchet. Punk raises the world title. He says he has some non important things to take care of, some important things. Punk challenges Hangman's hands for rematch, asking to come out to the ring right now. Hangman doesn't come out. Punk says that's not cowboy shit, that's coward shit. Then Punk talks about John Moss being number one, but in some fans' hearts, he is number one in AEW. Punk says Moss is over in number two where he's been, and it's the same here. Punk also said Moxley is the very best guy in the room group, receiving recurring theme in his career. Then Punk talks about the interim means temporary. He's willing to test himself against Moxley, but he's not even willing to test himself against his best friend and calls any case the second best any case he has been in the ring with. Then he talks about Moxley being the first John he ever been beaten in the Chicago Belt, about and he says in the number one in the category either. Now we got Moxley making his way to the crowd. Punksley tongue Talk, talk about the drop of pipe bombs. Punk says the best wrestler in the world. It's on mine, but he's not even the best wrestler in catering most days. Then he talks to Punk, thinks that the microphone gives him power, but a real word, everywhere he spits on the mic doesn't mean shit. Then Moxley points at Punk's belt, so it doesn't mean shit either. 
Moxley admits that his own belt doesn't mean she either until he beats Punk and throws it down. Moxley says he has the heart and soul of AEW. Punk says he, can't, he can be the heart and soul while he's the dollar and cents of AEW. Then Moxley ran out. Moxley said Punk ran out of the fights for a long time ago and he wants to prove him wrong. He can do something about it. Punk says he'll prove at the pay-per-view, but he's afraid he touches Moxley and he'll just bleed all over him. Moxley shoves Punk and they start going after us to carry hits the ring. What do you think of this whole segment with Punk, Hangman, and Moxley? I I thought the segment was fantastic. I thought Punk showing the little bit of the, the heel side that, you know, kind of he hasn't really shown since coming to AEW. I like that. I like the way Mox was, you know, kind of saying two words as possible. The only thing I had wrong with this segment, and I don't know if you did too, but when they were getting pulled apart, it just felt like when they would try to go back after each other, it wasn't as much of a, you know, I want to go attack this guy as it was kind of, let's just kind of give them a sneak preview of like, you know, trying to fight fight each other, I guess is the best way I can say it. Yeah, pretty much. That's my issue too. But anyway, okay, we got the backstage with Powerhouse Hobbs. He said he was hired for one thing, was to make sure Ricky Starks stayed champion, but Starks is a loser. He also said he has something for the factory, too. So, why do you put this segment together? You think he has, what, what's something in mind Hobbs has for Stark for the factory? Uh, I think he's going to pretty much destroy them one by one, leading up the, or even like having him against all the factory and just like kind of do what Wardlow did against the security guards and just uh, squash them. Yeah. yeah, pretty much is most likely going to happen. Yeah, so now we got the two out of three falls match. Brian Jansen versus Daniel Garcia. Ricky Steamboat joined the tag key for the match. Garcia put Danson in sleeper. Danson passed out. Garcia got the, the victory. Garcia Garcia, Garcia applies the dragon sleeper. Danielson versus a pin. So it's now one to one between Garcia and Danielson. Then Danielson plays the bell lock. Garcia tried to fight it out. Danielson tried elbowing, lock it again until Garcia passes out. Danielson won the match to beat him. And post match, Danielson tried to offer the handshake. Garcia looks like he's going to step up. Jericho tapped Danielson behind. Garcia shoves Jericho away. Jericho gets his fate. Garcia slaps Jericho's hand away at 20. Jericho pointing at him and Jericho warns him for leaving. So, what do you think of this big matchup? It it was good. Like, Daniel Garcia is, you know, once he breaks away from Jericho, I think he's ready for either, you know, a rub with the uh, Blackpool Combat Club or, you know, go after the TNT title maybe after Wardlow gives it or uh, loses it or relinquishes it to go after the uh, World Heavyweight Championship. But I think, you know, Daniel Brian Danielson against Jericho for all outs going to be good. And I think you're going to have, uh, and especially because in the next segment, Ricky Steamboat, uh, you know, telling Jericho that uh, pretty much Daniel Garcia should be mentored by Brian Danielson. I think you're going to have a Ricky Steamboat and Daniel Garcia interference in that at all out if it's Daniel saying against Jericho. 
and you're going to see that Daniel Garcia is probably going to make the transition over to the Blackpool Combat Club and hopefully get elevated to even a bigger level than Jericho already has him at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So Tony is kind of for a match. Mostly by Tyson and get back in the ring. So then we have Moxley say stick away for Punk. He says, let's get this shit over right now. Punk comes out, but security producers try to keep them away from each other. So we got Castanoli, Wheeler, Year, coming out time. Moxley back. Then we got Jericho backstage. Jericho's going to get Garcia a pass what happened because Jessica is going to get a physical match. Then we got Jericho says he wants to have the Garcia face to face the ring, wants to make sure whose side Garcia is on. And y'all know, Steamboat walked out and said Garcia is coming to his own, doesn't need Jericho in his group. He says anyone should mentor Garcia Dance is their choice. Just like you said before, Jericho said he has been like Steamboat 15 years, can stay out of the business. Jericho, Angela Park gained Steamboat's faith, but Steamboat decks him. Then we got some Gun Club versus Wrestling Blondes. Gun Club defeated Wrestling Blondes in a squash. Post match, Billy Gunn says what he's been trying to tell him for weeks to do is just get things done, start firing around. The gun says part of the other work is next to his son. Stoke Hathaway comes out and smiles. Gun Club, they attack their dad. They claim one's on Global Club retreats. They claim makes up a belly and they hug. So what do you think of this Gun Club versus Rusty Bloods post-match segment? Uh, I think it's one thing to try to separate uh, Billy's kids from him. I just don't I just don't know what they are looking for because like I don't think they're bad wrestlers I don't think the gun club are bad I just think that they're perceived because of their dad and I think splitting them up from their dad is going to probably help them in the long run yeah mm-hmm. alright now got, got backstage for Death Triangle taunting a young empire Pac said he and Wall Street are unfinished business so he's looking forward to next week so this was basically Pac talked to Osprey Death Triangle for next week's match, uh, next Dynamite, next Wednesday, United Empire versus Death Triangle. What's your prediction of who's going to win? I got to go with United Empire, especially because what we saw later on in the show, I think a lot of people are going to be hooked on to uh, United Empire against the Elite. Yeah, so that way. Mega Will Osprey uh, match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we got Jungle Book comes out and tries Christian Cage all out. He started calling Christian a pussy, but Christian comes out and to face Jungle Boy. Christian says his name is between that guy ahead, but really he's part of Jungle Boy. He says, you're a go, Jungle Boy, couldn't even face the former sentence and say he's been reflecting on their issues. Christian saying he want to fix these problems between them, not fight. He wants to go on another run. Jungle Boy said, and he'll take him to the promise line this time. Christian said, they are family. It says, Jungle Boy's at the suntan tells to come home. Jungle Boy started beating him down, but Christian low blows him. Jungle Boy fights back, tries Christian's arm to stab it, starts stopping him until security pulls him off. So, what is going to lead to, like, the match is happening, it's all out. But what's going to happen in that match? I think we get Luchasaurus siding with Christian. I think that Luchasaurus is going to perceive that Christian was right. And, like, we're going to learn that maybe a week or two after. He's going to be like, he's going to make it seem like Christian was right all along, that Jungle Boy 
really didn't care about him. He all he wanted to do was just go after Christian. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got backstage with like FTR Warlord trying to win Lethal's Cruiser Trios match all out. Warlord says it doesn't matter how big someone, everyone can get power bombed. So that was a backstage segment. Segment for FTR Warlord. What do you see? Like who will win at? Who will win with TFTR Warlow and Lethal's crew at all out in the truest match? I think it's going to be Wardlow and FTR. I think Wardlow, you know, to really get him back on a on a roll because, like, since he's had the TNT title, it's kind of been like he's lost a little bit. But I think if he can power bomb Satnam Singh, I think you know you're going to have the crowd go crazy, and you got him back the the momentum that he had when he had uh, the feud with MJF. Mm-hmm, yeah. Now we got Tori Sword versus Kylan King. Tori Sword defeated Kylan King. And we had an announcement that, Tori, that Thunder Rosa will defend her AEW Women's title against Tori Storm at All Out. Do you, do you think Tori Storm will win the title at All Out? I, I think so. I think that I would like to see the... Uh, let me try that again. I think Tony Storm will win because I think you can do a double turn where, you know, even though that uh, Tony Storm's a face right now, I think you put Thunder Rosa as a heel, and I think her energy chasing the title as a heel is perfect for this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're perfect. So it was announced that Moss will face Pem for the title next week. Rosa will defend the women's title. It's all out. Young Punk's partner is Kenny Omega. And Omega gets a dying ovation. Don Kyle joins commentary. We've seen Omega wearing a huge brace on his shoulder. Before that, like, who do you think that's going to win the title next week? Like, Moxley versus Punk for the undisputed title next week. Or will MJF interfere? I don't, I don't think we're actually going to get it. I think we're going to get a, you know, a knockout brawl that, you know, goes with the last, like, five, ten minutes of Dynamite, and it's going to end in a no contest. I think we're it's going to come down to where I think Mox and Punk go for a Chicago street fight at All Out. Yeah, that would be good. A Chicago street fight. And, all right, let's, uh, anyway, let's go to the Mega, Mega lead versus the Lafaka and Nabras. Apparently, apparently it was for the, the start of the trio's title tour. It was the elite defeated La Falcon in Nabros, Dragon Lee, Rush, and Rush, and Andrade El Idolo. Basically, Omega pins Lee for the win. During the post-match, Andrade dropped Dragon Lee with Samurai and ripped his mask off. So, what, what do you think of the match in the post-match? I thought the match was, you know, really good. Like, I think Kenny Omega, you know, has a little bit of ring rust, but we expected that. But I think the post-match, and this is one of the complaints that, you know, I've seen a lot with AEW Dynamite, and this is just something that they need to time out better. But, like, something something that happened after the match with uh, Dragon Lee getting the mask taken off and them wondering what's going on like i want to see more of that i want to see like you know what happened because like we saw the mask fly off and 
you know, the young Bucks and Kenny going back towards the ring and then it cuts to the next show. And I'm like, I want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, we should see him more often, you know? So what's your prediction for All Out? Will it be a, a great pay-per-view or a meh? I think it'll be a great pay-per-view. I think it would have been meh if Punk and Omega were not ready. I think we would. it would have still been a good show, but I don't think it would have been as good if Punk and Omega were not on this. Yeah, yeah pretty much. In these unique times, Augusta Ali can make a difference. Please buy our custom merch today at Augusta Ali's store on botfire.com. You could you could buy our merch with a with with a 20% off with the code Augusto Big Sale. So come on to Augusto Ali store at Bonfire to get our merch. And it's 20% off. So hurry up and go get it now. Let's go to the rampage recap first. Alright. Alright, we got Casanoli and Yuda heading to the ring. Castle says it feels great to stand in front of his mentor Ricky Steamboat. The crowd chants Ricky. He then issues an open challenge for the Ring of Honor World title. Dustin Rhodes answers. He says drink the bean Castanoli's place world champion for the last 30 years. If he says he accepts, then he'll give him the best version of himself. Castanoli accepts the challenge for next week. The, the two shakes hands before Castanoli walks off. So what do you think of this Castanoli promo? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I thought, you know, for really his first big promo since winning the championship, I thought as a guy that really, you know, had that fire still that, you know, he talked about when Dustin came out. Uh, and I'm just expecting, like, him to be a great Ring of Honor world champion. Dustin next week's going to be really good. I have another question. Like, does Dustin, like, if, if Dustin Rose would he be would he be a world champion if if WWE gave him a chance? I think at some point, I I thought his best run really came uh, about ten years ago when he and Cody were teaming. I thought his character was probably the best it had ever been at that point. But I think at that point, I. It's hard to say because, you know, you had guys like John Cena and Randy Orton at the time that were just on top of their game. And I don't know if, even if it was just a, you know, um, short title reign, I don't know if he would have been able to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Backstage, Ortiz, Ruby Soul, say they'll be dying to get their hands on San Guevara, Tay Melo. Ortiz say you do it next week. What do you think of this backstage segment with Tortiz and Ruby Soho? I think, I don't think it was bad, but I think Ortiz went a little too crazy. <laughs> like, I, lo- I love Ortiz. Ortiz, I think, is a great a wrestler and a great character, but, like, there are times when I feel like he takes the promo over the top. I'm like, I get that you want to go after these guys, but I'm like, just calm down a little bit. <laughs> like, let your actions speak louder than your words. Yeah. So we now we have Sammy Guevara and Taylor Mello versus Ortiz. We'll be so next week on Rampage. So 
would who would Ortiz or Soho win or are Sam and Guevara time Melo gonna win? I think Ortiz and Soho are gonna win. I think you know, they have enough beef. I think that it's gonna be another great match. I think Ortiz and Sammy have great chemistry. I'm not sure about Ty and uh, Ruby yet, but like I think that Ortiz needs to get the win. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 definitely should get the win. All right, we got Swerve on our Gully versus Glory versus Private Party for the AEW Tag Team Championship. This was a great matchup. Swerve and Glory defeated Private Party to retain the tag belts. Private Party put a big effort against Swerve and our Glory, but Swerve and our Glory gained the victory. So, what do you think of this tag title matchup? I uh, it was good. I think Private Party is still showing like they can be a top tag team right now. It's just not their time. Okay. Yeah. Like what what do you think is gonna happen with Party Party going forward? I think the way that the end of the match was with uh Keith Lee showing the respect, I think this is the start of a face turn for a private party. I think they get back to being a fan favorite. Yeah. Yeah, a fan favorite. Yes, definitely. All right, we got backstage with Daddy Matt. Daddy Magic asked if the FTW title is held by a sports entertainer. So basically, it was Daddy Magic asking for the FTW title opportunity. And what I'm seeing is Daddy Magic versus Hook for the FTW title in the future. What do you think of it? Uh, got. I got to just see more of Daddy Magic because I I just want to see how good he could be with other people uh, just by himself as a single star. I just want to see how good he can be by himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Another backstage. We had a factory at the poker table. Power Hobbs, Hobbs approached them and flipped the table. Basically, Hobbs is mad at the factory. And Hobbs said he will dealt with the factory. So what I'm seeing is that it's good. Hobbs is going to be facing the factory in like a gauntlet match to, to, to build up towards Ricky Starks versus Hobbs. Yeah, I see that too. It's, I think it's going to come where, you know, next week they'll try to, you know, attack Ricky and Ricky's going to find him off and Hobbs is going to say, you didn't get the job done. So I'm going to... You know, I'm going to make sure that you guys don't come to Dynamite the next week. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. All right, we got the big gun addressing his sons. Say he will beat them next with his friends. The acclaimed walk in and says it's him. So what I'm seeing is that we say next next week, Dynamite, we're going to have Billy Gunn versus Colton Gunn, a father versus son match. And the acclaimed will be at Billy Gunn's side. So what do you think this whole Billy Gunn Addressing his son's thing. Hello? I'm, am I back? Yeah, you're back. Again, Billy Gunn. What do you think of Billy Gunn addressing his sons next week on Dynamite? Uh, I think that uh, with this story, I think it's good to try to... I like the story that's kind of building up with Billy and his sons. I, I just want to see where where it goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 
Uh, we got Buddy Matthews versus Spetico. So Buddy Matthews defeated Spetico in a in a small squash matchup. Then during post match, Miro heads to the ring of Malachi Black's mask. Matthews Miro begin brawling while Miro tosses in the ring steps. Hard steps stares down Miro where he delivers a smash and Matthews in the corner. He follows up with Joe Stops and a super kick. So the matchup what do you think of the matchup? The post match with Miro and stuff. The Buddy Matthews is a great athlete. I I've said that from when the time he was in WWE. Uh I I like how Serpentico had just sold or sold for him. Uh that was really great. Uh the post match stuff, I think it's leading to either Miro helping the House of Black beat Dark Order next week, or I think it's Miro causing them to lose and we get Malachi Black against Miro at all out. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Oh yeah. Good all out matchup. All right, we have Adina versus Penalty Ford. Adina defeated Penalty Ford in a good women's matchup. During the post-match, Cargill, the baddies, head to the ring, assault Adina with a sledgehammer. So, what do you think of the match and the post-match? The match was all right. I It was at a point where, like, I was trying to pay attention, but, like, I don't know if it was just where it was in the show, but, like... I don't know if their chemistry was, you know, off a little bit. But the post-match, I thought was good just to kind of still build up the Jade against Athena at All Out. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much will be All Out. Athena versus Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. The, the AEW Trio Championship quarterfinals, Best Friends versus Trustbusters. During the matchup, Sonny Kiss tries to interfere to get a trust buster up ahead, but Don has a spoof kiss as Slim J, Best Friends Trio, hit the finisher for the win. And during the post match, Best Friends Don has pose to close the show. So, what do you think of the match and the post match? I thought the match was really good. I think, you know, you put the trust busters in there with guys that are, you know, really good, like Best Friends. And I think you get really good matches. I just uh, next week or uh, whoever they face in the next round, whether that be House of Black or Dark Order, I think you've got a really good matchup either way in the next round of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I have another question. What do you feel that Sonny Kiss's involvement with the Trustbusters would it was is going to help the Trustbusters more, or is it? Or is it a detriment to their group? I think it's a detriment. I think, and I I don't doubt Sonny Kiss has talent, but I think it's just uh, addition to get uh, Sonny Kiss on team. I just think that I don't see Sonny Kiss fitting well with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understood. So what do you think of this whole episode of Rampage in a nutshell? Uh, it wasn't. It was an all right show. I just think that, and this is a detriment from even when I've gone to Dynamite before, that it's hard to, even if the matches are good, it's hard to keep the crowd interested past the two hour Dynamite and the one hour dark, uh, tapings. 
Yeah, pretty much. So anyway, let's let's go to the topics. All right, so the first topic, Vince McMahon. So apparently, WWE states investigation of Vince McMahon is essentially complete, complete, substantially complete. In SEC filings, WWE revealed that a total of $19.6 million in unrun court expenses by Vince McMahon in his tip. Ken Quill filling WWE announced the investigation is completely complete. WWE has spent 1.7 million on investigation and spent to spend approximately 10 million during the remainder of the year to related to investigation. The related costs concede this estimate. So basically, Vince McMahon since has spent 19.6 million for for like for sex and stuff. So, what do you think of the situation? Will this sick man will be will be charged with fraud or go straight to court? I think it'll be fraud just because he's he never announced it. I don't think that he'd go to court over this. I just think that the way it's going right now, with everyone else that's in charge there and him, uh, pretty much retiring, I think that he's done the right thing and he knew that more stuff was probably coming out and it's better for him just to handle this himself than let the company go down because of him doing this stuff. Yeah, pretty much. So, what do you think is going to happen to this man after the whole situation? I think he'll have to owe, you know, a lot of money to someplace and then you know they'll probably just let him be I don't think he'll ever I think he'll still be able to talk to everyone at WWE from time to time about creative stuff but I don't think it's going to be where he'll have a whole hand in you know the everyday company run uh, WWE stuff yeah pretty much alright let's go to the New Japan topics Our New Japan announced World Quest 2 for October Basically, New Japan has returned to the United Kingdom. New Japan Pro Wrestling announced that the company will head to London on October 1st and 2nd for Royal Quest 2. This will be first promotion first adventure in the United Kingdom since 2019. New Japan has decided to announce that Royal Quest 2 will, will, 2 will find Japan will find its UK return across two days in London, October 1 2. The Indo Arena Crystal Palace National Sports Center in London will play host in the best of New Japan's wide worldwide talent. We'll hope to welcome the best fans in the world. So what do you think of New Japan returning to United Kingdom? I think it's good for them. I like the fact that New Japan can st- is able to travel, even though they, you know, m- mostly still have the restrictions of the cheering. From last I heard, they're still restricted on, you know, being able to cheer in their own country. So being able to go other places and get that crowd Reaction is great. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I hope that too. I hope they bring some of the UK stars to New Japan to the United Kingdom. Like they have Will Ospreay and AEW could spare like Pac and Kip Sabian. That'd be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now here's another news for New Japan uh, New Japan returns to New York in October to Rumble on the 44th Street. Starting town the vault, New Japan Pro Wrestling is heading back to New York City. New Japan announced the pressure will hold this Rumble on the 44th Street event on October 28th. The event will take place at the Palladium in Times Square. Starting town will involve the event. 
So basically, New Japan is heading back to New York with their event called the Rumble on the 44th Street. It will be on October 28th. What do you think? It's good. Like, the, for them to try to keep their audience that was built around the uh, the supercard that they had a few years back. And, you know, they're going to sell that place out. It's just good to try to get more people's eyes in the States on the New Japan product. Yeah, mm-hmm. like imagine like so many AEW stars coming to New Japan's Rumble on the Forty Fourth Street. Can you imagine it? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Will you imagine it? What will happen in an event if AEW stars come to the the New the Rumble on the Forty Fourth Street? When when is that event happening? It's on mm-hmm. October twenty eighth. October twenty eighth. I think you could get a good. Tease for like a Brian Danielson in the uh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. I think you can get like some teases for some great matches. I think you could get Danielson teasing a match with Okada, possibly. You could get, uh, you know, even Punk on that show uh, if he's if he's wanting to to be like, here, I want to face this guy and let's tease that match for Wrestle Kingdom. I think it'd be a great great way to. Tease Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's. All right. Let's go straight to Kenny Omega. Apparently, there's no see Kenny Omega's near his return to see about the Bucks. They explained his attendant injury, shoulder injury, torx hernia. This is just caused by dropkick by a cut up knee injury. It also stated that Omega was wrestling all these injuries. Anakal called it un- unbelievable. Omega has returned to the road behind the scenes with AEW, but he had to stop because it was too tiring, preventing his readmission. His original hope was to return to the Forbidden Door. In July, plans for the Young Bucks was canceled because it was too important to keep them to participate in the trail tournament with Kenny. The plans, for example, the long-awaited match against the TR. When Fightful caught with Kenny in June, he already planned his face with Will Ospreay, who both been teasing for a while now. Kenny Omega returns on Wednesday night on Dynamite. And Kenny Omega make a huge return to the main event with the Bucks and Omega versus Los Iguanables. So, what do you think of Kenny Omega's big return? It it really helped. I feel like, especially with Punk returning the week before, it just makes All Out a such a bigger show now because you got Kenny and Punk both back. I think if Kenny or Punk didn't come back by All Out, I don't think All Out would be, you know, as interesting of a show. It would still be good, but the the product wouldn't have been as too like as interesting to be able to go watch, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much is true. Yeah. We need Kenny and Megan on Dynamite. <clears throat> Sorry, I mean, Ken Omega's needed on Dynamite. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. NXT Europe. NXT's goal expansion has begun. The next move is to take over all Europe. NXT has always been a game plan worldwide expansion for the brand was realizing yada yada NXT 2021. NXT Media India was said to be slowly planned to come together. NXT future plans seem very up in the air. Mitch says shuffling a creative personal WWE. However, WWE officially announced the pending launch of NXT Europe. 
Fox News reported that XT UK was still going on hiatus for the next months. Include to prelude to XT Europe getting off the ground. XT UK live event with Colin and XT's Worlds Collide on Sunday, December 4th. In recent weeks, numerous NXT UK talent shows galas titled Bait, Bladder Devon, made their trip to NXT 2.0, looking to make a statement at Bond Breaker's expense at Kaysom Tyler Bait. The report states that the purpose of NXT Europe is to structure the talent to brand cube over an imaginary focus on Europe itself and a talented host. Sean discussed dream situations with the coming brand and notes he highly interested in places like Germany, Venice, and Paris. CM Punk, CM Punk, like, I, I mean, sorry, it was probably NXT Europe. My mistake. We'll do, the, we'll do the CM Punk thing after. Okay, what do you think on the NXT Europe situation? I think it's a good thing to put that on hiatus because especially with how NXT 2.0 has been, um, it's good to, you know, take a break from that because the ratings weren't doing anything. They're, they really didn't promote it that much. The only thing I say that's bad is that they had released so many people from NXT UK and that, you know, especially with how NXT came about, taking away a lot of the indie scene from uh, England and the UK, uh, it's just bad for those wrestlers to try to find work other places now. Yeah, it's pretty hard. Those Some of the NXT UK stars got released. And it's gonna be hard for them. It's not gonna be hard for them to find work in the Indies. It's there. Like right. Impact Wrestling could take them, and GCW could use them. Basically, Impact has a chance to get some of those NXT UK stars. Right. Okay. Yeah. Basically. All right. Okay. So let's go to CM Punk. CM Punk almost didn't come to the show. Indeed. According to a big source, Punk would be unhappy with the situation in AEW. Potentially about seeing Adam Punk, Adam Page's comments on Cole Cabana, Punk himself during the promo. The source talked about this katat, do not talk about Punk wanting to leave the Federation, but threatening to do so. Sources in the locker room reportedly found Punk's taunt on Adam Page offering to pick up his rematch and disloyal. Page cannot make it to the ring side being present. Here, these are only speculations and backstage sources. CM Punk's match against John Moxley next week will be decided late. We don't know how late, though. Fightful is only theorizing about Punk's displeasure, including Adam Page promo that may have gone back for Punk. Punk poorly saw his promo yesterday as revenge for Page's pre-double or nothing promo. So, do you think, do you think this whole thing is planned, like K-Fed or planned or real? I think it's a it's a work shoot kind of like the MJF stuff where you can, you can feel that there's real life tension there, but how much is the work? Because uh, with punk Wednesday, you could tell like he was ticked off about Hangman, and you could tell there was true like anger in his promo. But like, I've seen that from Sam punk on a WWE promo when he was getting ticked off as well. So, like, how much is this just the CM Punk character, and how much is this is Phil Brooks the human? Yeah, pretty much. Like, like we don't know if it's a work or a shoot. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing more as a work, but there are some moments there's a shoot. 
I, I agree with that. Yeah, pretty much. Honestly, honestly, this Punk and Hangman and Cabana situation, I don't know what's gonna be, what's gonna be like for All Out. I just, I just hope with Punk, like, you know, he always talks about change, but when it's not involving him, it feels like that's not good change. Yeah, pretty much not good change. Punk needs to change his attitude. Or leave AEW and get the hell out of here. Yep. I agree. Yeah. You know, at this point, Punk is goodwill is drying out, and we're seeing a, a, new, a new side of Punk's behavior. Right. I. That's why, you know, as much as I think if, let's say, there's not a no winner on Wednesday, we go to uh, like a street fight for All Out, I think the best thing that could happen, and I've seen it speculated a few times, is that, you know, why not let MJF be the savior of AEW and turn Punk heel, and you get MJF as the returning hero babyface. Yeah, it should. Like, it's, it's a risky, but it could it works. Like, like you can make a punk heel and MJF can be the big babe face around once. Oh yeah. Like the the thing with MJF too, it's like MJF is has been telling you for months that, you know, this guy's not your answer. You you guys are pick, you guys are cheering him, but he's not the reason why you should be watching AEW. Like he's he's gonna go in on business for himself. And, you know, all the problems that you said about that are, you know, honestly right. Yeah, pretty much he was right. Yeah, basically, yeah, he was right. Those promos are straightforward for Punk. And also, NJF said promos are true. You know? Yep. Yeah. You know, honestly, at this point, like, Tony Khan needs to step in and sit Punk down and have a talk with him about his behavior. I agree. Yeah. Like, at this point, like, what do you think of Tony Khan as as being a booker or a personnel? Uh, I just think he needs to be... And I saw, I saw a, a person tweet about this yesterday. Tony Khan needs to be more of a boss right now than a fan because I think him being a fan still is kind of making him overlook what the issues are. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's true. He needs to be a a boss. Tony needs to be a boss and put his foot down at times. Yeah, because especially going back to the MJF situation back a couple months ago, you got it where, you know, he pretty much bad-mouthed Tony, and you saw all the issues going on, but it's like, Tony's like, I could use that on TV, instead of, hey, let's talk. Why, why can't we talk about this? Before yeah. it gets to that point. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, all right, this is the Gustali Podcast. 
podcast, and I'll see you on next Saturday for another episode of Augusta Ali Podcast. See you later. See you next Saturday. All right. Bye. Bye.